Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. And a very good Friday to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzin introduces the show, and today we have Killian Abrams at the desk. Now, contact details are 0892102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at SAFM Radio or at Shadow Twala. Now, how awesome would it be for you to grow your own fruit and vegetables, no matter how small your space? Well, South Africa's organic gardening guru and author of Urban Gardening, Jane Griffiths, joins me in the studio to tell you how easy it is. We then hear about Wickedly Odd, the night garden, a sensational dining experience to be held at the Durban Botanic Gardens, and Emma Lockhart joins me to whet our appetite. But first... Chew on these wise words... The Lunch Bite on SAFM. Now that it's all about gardening, I thought I looked around for quotes on organic gardening and gardening in general. And there are a few that I liked, which I picked. It says, growing your, your own food is like printing your own money. That was by Ron Finley. And uh, one says, uh, this is Thomas Jefferson, by the way, cultivators of the earth are the most valuable citizens. And finally, if you have a garden and a library, you have everything. I'm John Carricker. Join me on SAFM Sports Special this weekend from 3 to 7 on Saturday for all the sports news you need to know. Every weekend, SAFM brings you the people at the center of the stories. We give you a clear perspective on national and international events. Find out how on Weekend AM Live from 6 every Saturday and Sunday morning. SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. 107.1, the home of SAFM in Seapoint. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Uh, okay, Jane and I have started talking already because that's how, that's how, you know, it's a small world. You and I met how many years ago? Oh, I, I, I don't even want to do the maths. I think it I was think in the late 80s. Some, yeah. Sometime in the late 80s. Someone else can work out how many years. And you is. were in the music industry. I was in the music industry. I worked for Top 40 and Jive Music Magazine. I remember those so well. Yes. And, and how do you, because I'm trying to do the switch to gardening as well, which you've done so successfully. Well, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> Things change. I was a lot younger then. Life happens. And yes. for you, it's happened yes. in a beautiful yes. way. Oh, I've been in incredibly blessed and the changes from the late 80s to now uh it's huge as you know i think it was steve jobs who said when you look back you can see the steps that connect everything and it's really true he he really is is true with that you know you look back and you see these steps that you took to do something that at the time was a completely random decision and but you must have been connected, sorry to just do mm. you must have been connected to something, uh, know yourself enough to trust yourself to move on. Some of us are so uh, secure yes. in our own little spaces that we're so scared to take a giant leap outside of those spaces. I've always trusted my gut instinct. I think I've always been able to listen to my gut instinct well, which has been a huge blessing right from the beginning. Even when something seemed a strange thing to do, if it felt right yes. inside, yes. And, and, and if my gut felt right to do yes. something. And I've always done things, I've always chosen to do things for the passion of it rather than for the yeah. financial reward. And That's the, that's that's the secret. Yes. That's the secret. Yes. Now, this is your fourth book, 
urban gardening. Jane's, Jane's delicious, delicious urban gardening. gardening. It's pretty. It's beautiful. But most importantly, I don't know who takes your pictures. Cause they my husband. Hello, Habi. Thank you Keith, so much. Keith Dalton, <laughs> yes. Keith's <laughs> pictures are so beautiful because it brings everything to life. Yes. And this is most inspiring as well because I look at your vegetables, your potatoes with, with, the, with the sand or soil around them and I think, oh, I want to have those potatoes, you know. But um, the urban gardening, Jane's Delicious Urban Gardening as well, just what you've done, it shows what you did to your home. Yes. And yeah. if a lot of us could kind of get rid of our swimming pools and do, just tell our listeners what you've done with, with your home. Well, the first thing that I have to say is that this is not something that we did in a space of six months. We, yeah. We've moved into our house. I live in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in the studio with Shannon, <laughs> face to face. <laughs> I normally do, we do phone interviews. Phone, and it's yes. so lovely to be down in the Cape. Oh, welcome. Um, I live in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. and um, we moved into the house in Auckland Park in 1992. And when we moved in, there was a, a, a really a big English style garden. It had roses. It was classically English. It was roses and lots of lawn. Mm-hmm. The house is a double story house that's covered in a green creeper, so it's literally a green house. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I, I started growing vegetables, organic vegetables, around 1995. Just and for your family. It, it wasn't even that it was, I wanted to grow chilies. I'd been in America and I. My friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> Love the chilies oh, in America. They. And we didn't have those then mm-hmm. here in South Africa. We mm-hmm. had either little hot green ones mm-hmm. or little hot red ones. Mm-hmm. And there I discovered these wonderful Hungarian wax chilies and these hot habaneros and purples and yellows and oranges. And I, I brought back a whole lot of seeds very illegally. Mm-hmm. I discovered afterwards. Naughty, naughty. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I don't have to do that now. The heirloom seed companies now in South Africa that sell all the seeds. Mm-hmm. And I dug up some lawn and I started growing them for my, my kitchen, um, for us to eat. And that led to, from that, my vegetable garden grew. And, you know, something happens to people when they start growing their own food. It, it changes them. Mm-hmm. Um, we become aware of the resources mm-hmm. that are required. We mm-hmm. become aware of the entire cycle that, that, that it connects us to nature and it connects mm-hmm. us back to the earth. So through growing food, I started becoming more and more aware of all the other things. I started growing herbs, and then I started growing more and more fruit. And then uh, I started reading about, and I, 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 read, I read a lot. Okay. And I, I read, it helps. Yes, I read about these um, chicken tractors in my American homesteading magazines. And these are, are portable pens with a tra- with a chicken in it that you move around your garden, and they wow. cultivate and till and fertilize your, your wow. so, oh, I want one of those. So one winter then, uh, Keith helped me, well, I a little bit of the hold this and, hold, mm. and hammer there kind of hold, and he made this wonderful uh, chicken run for my chicken tractor for my two hens that came to join us, itchy and scratchy. <laughs> 
And, uh, yeah, so, and, and they, they have now also got three bantams. And, um, and then, you know, water, a resource that we're all so aware of well, at the moment. Well, we've got the drought now. We were without water for 24 hours before we left Joburg. Our suburb, the, the, the reservoir that supplies our suburb had run out of water completely. So. But what happens to your garden? Well, luckily, we have, this is what everyone needs to start doing. We recycle our grey water. Mm-hmm. So we had water in our grey water tank. That's all the water that comes out of your bath and your shower. Mm-hmm. So when you do get water coming in, you can at least recycle that. Mm-hmm. We had that water. Plus, we've got uh, Jojo tanks that harvest the rainwater. Ah, okay. so, and those are very useful as well. Even if there hasn't been rain, you can fill them up and have them as storage water with municipal water. So we actually had a shower on the front lawn before we left. <laughs> And nobody could see you because you are covered in trees and everything. Jane, I I just want to to invite our listeners. I don't do this usually. Um, I don't do this usually, but because you're here and there's so much to talk about as far as gardening is concerned, but also I'm trying to encourage everybody to start, no matter how small they garden. And I don't want to hog, Jane, because we can talk about so many things. Um, but you may call us on 0892-102010 if you are growing something, if you are wanting to start your own little patch. And because I'm overwhelmed, this is your fourth book. Mm-hmm. And because it's delicious urban gardening, I feel like it's talking to me because I have small space. Yes. And I love uh, gardening in containers. Um, I've got a load of information in here on container gardening. And, you know, what this, I didn't think, you know, it's so funny bringing out a fourth book. I didn't think I had another book in me. I, I really didn't. Um, I was commissioned to write an article on urban farming last year. Uh-huh. And as a result of that, I suddenly could see a whole book that included all this information that people are hungry for. And it's exactly, it's how can we increase the amount of food that we grow in our cities mm. that by 2050, 70% of our population is going to be urbanized. Wow. We are going, 70% of our population will be living in cities, and we have to double the amount of food that we are producing of at course. the moment. Of so urban farming is going to be the food of our future. That is going to provide us our food. So this book provides – it took me out of my garden – and into all these other people's gardens, these amazing gardeners all over South Africa from from community gardens. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really yes. passionate about, to get especially people living in, in, in um, informal settlements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and you make it look so easy that a little, an old tire, for instance, yes. you can take that and, and grow wonderful spinach or, or something or like potatoes, that. Or potatoes or sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are a very good drought-resistant yes. um, uh, crop. Uh, there, there's, you know, the thing is about starting a vegetable garden as well is that you need to, especially in a community area, it's a really good idea to start it with a number of other people. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen if one person starts a garden, uh, they'll start the garden, get it growing, and then they go, they get a part-time job and they disappear off to their part-time job, which of course you would do because that's mm-hmm. now paying money, mm-hmm. and then the garden gets neglected. Mm-hmm. How if, if you have a team of people, you can then rotate the work. You can share the work, and you can then share the harvest. Mm-hmm. And it also makes sense um, you, so that you're not all growing the same thing. Some people can grow some, depending on, on the time and the space that you each have. 
Some people can grow one crop, some can grow others, and you can then share the harvest as well that way. And you share the labor on the big jobs of setting it up and getting it growing. In That's the, first the challenge. Place. That's the biggest challenge. Mm. We've got a caller. Please put your headphones on, and I hope you, you'll be able to hear. Gary in Durban. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you, Gary. Go ahead. Hello, Gary. How are you, Shadow? I'm good, Gary. Thank you. Uh, it's a very lovely uh, program we have today about gardening. It's a very, very important uh, thing. I believe that everybody must have an opportunity to plant their own vegetables. And uh, the main thing that I want to talk about now is just uh, that uh, when uh, human settlements are building large houses for people, they, they build them too squashed up, like it's too nearby. They don't give them like uh, big people. They like to grow uh, stuff. They like to grow their own vegetables. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know when you notice these RDP houses, they, it's too close together. And they, mm -hmm. they don't give them that opportunity being something in their culture. Mm -hmm. They don't give them that space to grow their own uh, vegetables. So the human resources, uh, uh, human settlements uh, department in our country needs to give people the space to plant their own vegetables. Gary, thank Gary, thank you very much for your comment. You can continue listening on the radio, but this is why this book that Jane has given us of urban gardening is so important, because whether they have that space or not, and the size of the space is really not necessary, well, not necessarily important. I, I guess yes. it is, but you can utilize whatever you've got. The, the whole concept of, of growing vegetables on the size of a door, for example, mm. you can grow enough food on, on the space of a size of a door to feed a family of four, not necessarily throughout the year, but mm. at least to supply additional nutrition and supplement your, your budget each month with what you're growing. Um, I give lots of tips in my book of, of exactly that, of making use of our urban spaces creatively and looking at spaces that you perhaps wouldn't have thought of for growing food. And I'm talking about the walls, vertical yes, spaces. Yes. We all, houses have walls and they have sun blasting on them at one point of the day, one side, mm. it's a four-sided house, some of it is going to have sun. And uh, that vertical space, there are lots of ways of cleverly utilizing a vertical space to grow vegetables, even ones that don't necessarily naturally grow. Something like a gem squash mm -hmm. can still be trained to grow up a wall. Other ones like cherry tomatoes, beans, they mm -hmm. naturally mm -hmm. scramble up a, a trellis. Yeah. And then also growing in containers. That is a very, very good way of making use of limited space. And it's also a very good way for people who are renting because you can grow it in a container for one season. And if you're moving or, you know, you're renting, you don't want to mess up someone else's space, mm -hmm. you can then move the container with you. And also rooftop gardens. This is yes. another area that is so neglected in cities. And they are barren, concrete, heat-reflecting zones where water just washes off them. And, and uh, a caller is Vernon from Durban. In my book, I've used an example, a magnificent example of a rooftop garden at the priority zone in Durban, mm -hmm. where they have taken this previously sterile area and turned it into this absolutely lush, edible oasis. Wow. I, I, and I know in, in Cape Town we also have quite a lot of uh, high-rise buildings that are starting now or, uh, or continuing. How does one maintain that? Who takes care of that? 
is it the the employer the employers who employ somebody else to do it or can can employees also participate it it all depends on where the rooftop is located for example um mr price head office mm-hmm. they have got a rooftop garden and that one is taken care of by the mr price head office employs people mm. to um, install and maintain that vegetable garden. And they're doing that as a corporate responsibility. You know, and, and not just that, the, the people who work in that building, now when they have their co- it's right outside the canteen. Wow. So when people go for the, to their canteen for their lunch break or their coffee break, they walk right through the garden. And the people who work there are actually learning now from the gardeners who work in the garden how to now grow vegetables and at home. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. And they're coming in with tips and seeds. And it's becoming this whole community garden within the workspace. And, and that's another area where people, if they've got a very small space at home, and many of us, this the problem in in cities we are time poor we we don't have enough time to go home and work in our vegetable mm. gardens when we spent the whole week working just to make ends meet mm. so have a look at your workspace there are parking lots there uh, here in cape town there's a company uh, rugs they make collars for dogs and they they have turned their parking lot where all the little spaces are in between where you park the cars, mm-hmm. they grow pumpkins. Wow. And between their building and the wall, they've enriched their soil and they've grown potatoes. They grow maroch, tomatoes. They're slowly replacing all the trees with edible trees. They're putting in fruit trees. They're putting in citrus. And they've covered their building with a trellis. And they've now grown a granadilla. All over their, their building. So the entire building is now turning into, turned into an edible building. And every Friday they have this huge feast where the staff all feed, have, they have a meal that they make from the garden. But now tell me, what happens in, in public spaces, for instance, gorilla gardening? Yes. Because I see lots of wonderful space where you could throw seeds. And then it becomes a question of who looks after it, even if you do. But how do you... Can you stop other people from picking up tomatoes on the side of the road? Well, the whole thing with I mean, the interesting thing is with the, the guerrilla gardening and gardening, growing food in public spaces. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful woman in Johannesburg who started the whole trend of pavement gardens, and they're spread all over South Africa. And she started literally; she's just started growing vegetables on her pavement because she saw these people walking past who were going to the taxi, and she mm-hmm. thought, "Well, I'll grow some food for them. It'll be my way of giving back to my community." What a novel idea. Nobody picked it. (gasps) Nobody actually picked the vegetables. She went out there the one day, and while she was working in this garden, this um, gentleman walked past, and she asked him. He said to her, oh, a lovely garden, very nice garden, complimented her on it. And she said, yes, it is. She says, but why why don't you pick anything? And he said, oh, no, I can't possibly. It's not mine. And um, she then realized that people weren't eating from it because they respected her pavement. And so she put a sign up saying, this is a public vegetable garden please pick help yourself but leave some for your brothers and sisters so after that people started um, helping themselves and and it's actually grown to a whole movement where people are using those same signs to educate other people who perhaps don't know so if you for example you put you're growing beetroot and people some people don't know that the beetroot that there's a leafy plant at the top and the beetroot is actually underneath and you can eat the leafy plant and you can eat the yes and so she's put signs up to tell people okay please don't harvest this yet it's still growing mm-hmm. but this one you can harvest and this is how you harvest this one and it's it's there are lots of public spaces begging to be transformed all it takes is one person with the initiative to do it 
It's a full-time job, though. I mean, look at you. you, you it's your full-time job. It's not. No. Not. I, no. I run a TV production company. This is a side Well, I thought you'd stop doing that. No, no, no. Jane. No, even though I'm a best-selling author, I haven't been able to give up my day job. I still... <laughs> Uh, this is my antidote to my, my deadline and pressured and, you know, you, you can't hurry a seed. So you, you, you employ people to help you at your um, home? I have, a garden, I have a gardener who comes once a One. week. One. One gardener who comes once a week. But I, I don't have a huge farm. I live on a – our stand is 1,600 square meters. Mm. So – and most of the rest of my garden is very um, water-wise and low-maintenance. So there's not a – you know, the most of the – I mean, he does. Obviously, there's, there's, it's not just the veggie garden, but all of my methods that I, I call them my methods, they're not my methods, they're methods that, that work for everybody. But the methods that I use are methods that make the most of limited time and limited space. They maximize the limited amount of time I have to spend in the garden. But now, Jane, you've got four books, and um, I've got two, and this is my third. And I'm so happy with this one because it, it, it seems... I don't need to understand too much. Uh, it's practical things I can do. I, 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 I was overwhelmed by the other two because I wanted to do everything <laughs> at the same time because you want to, everything to look like the pictures. Yes. So what do you suggest one does when they get one of your books, especially this one, because, you know, Jane's Delicious Urban Gardening is, because you can do it in containers and in small spaces, I think it's, it, it looks doable. Well, I think that my, my advice for anybody who's starting out with their first vegetable garden is start small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to make that leap and think that we can jump over high buildings mm-hmm. and uh, because you can just think in your head that you've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so start small. Start with one bed or one container and one small container and start growing some simple vegetables. Things. Like? Well, beans. Beans are one of the easiest things. You just stick a bean in the ground and it grows. Beans are really easy. Lettuces are easy. Cherry tomatoes are really easy. If you're going to spinach grow spinach is easy. Spinach is easy. Swiss chard is a very, very easy one to grow. Mm. Things like all the, the leafy greens, the Asian greens, like um, mustard. Um, the maroch is an incredibly mm. easy plant to grow. But get get used to growing that one bed and see how your time goes and your patterns and what kind of time you've got to spend in your garden and and learn from the mistakes that you make. You know, you will make mistakes. I mean, I've I have killed plants. You know? I mean, I have died. <laughs> you <I'm> murderer. Not... <laughs> Uh, they have died on me. I have had disasters, and and I've learned from those disasters, you know. So and and don't expect it to be perfect as well. There's we more. don't have good soil in the Western Cape, unfortunately. You have very sandy soil down mm. here. There are lots mm. of ways around that. Mm. Um, people say to me, you know, I've got sandy soil. I say, add organic matter to the soil. Add compost. Add as much organic matter. And people say, I've got clay soil. I say, add compost. <laughs> add as much organic matter. The same solution for both ends of the spectrum. I have got, in, in the book I give a, an example of a wonderful small space solution using straw bales to plant a vegetable garden on or in. And mm. that actually works very well for sandy soil. It starts building up the soil but enabling you to plant above the soil as well in a, in a very cheap medium using literally using a straw bale as your container. 
Sí, claro. I could talk to you for hours. I want to go home with you. Go to your home and give me a book. I do have a book. But listen, thank you so much for coming in firstly. It's it's just nice to hug and, and, and maybe it'll rub off on me. Uh, a <laughs> My of, green uh, fingers. Some garden angel energy. Yes. Here we go. Yes. Giving garden angel energy. <laughs> thank you. And thank you. Enjoy the rest of your stay here. Thank you. I'm loving being in the Cape. It's really nice to have some water. <laughs> I know, I know. But thank you, and uh, all good bookstores have the book, eh? Yes, it's available online, and I just heard the news uh, last night from my publisher that um, Jane Slitter's Urban Gardening is number 35 on the bestseller list after being on the shelves for less than a month, uh, which is fabulous news for me, but it's also well done, South Africa, uh, yes. for buying this book and, and it, it, for wanting this information. It really shows that change is possible. I think congratulations to Jonathan Ball, but I also think it's going to be in every Christmas stocking. I hope Christmas. so. I hope so. I really think so, because it's the best gift one can ever get. Changing the world one garden at a time. And sustainable as well. Yes. Thank you so much for Thank having you. me. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. Okay. It is time for SAFM News now with Cecilia Sauko. Thanks, Jada. Good afternoon. Police have fired rubber bullets and tear gas to disperse protesting students on the Belleville campus of the Cape Peninsula University of Technology. The Secretary to Parliament, Genge Zimgidana, says they prefer an independent mediator to intervene in the industrial action of support staff who are affiliated to trade union Nihau. And Water Affairs Minister Nomvola Mugonyani says municipalities should improve their response to water leakage complaints. She was among other ministers briefing the media in Pretoria on department's plans to deal with the nationwide water shortages. Details at 2 o'clock. Bookings are open for Paul Slabalefsi's hilarious roller coaster ride of a comedy for your ears only. Presented by Durban's Playhouse Company from the 9th to the 23rd of December, this delightful play set in a radio drama studio takes audiences behind the scenes, exposing the madness and mayhem, intrigues and intricacies involved in the recording of a popular weekly radio soap. This acclaimed production, originally commissioned by SAFM and enjoying a highly successful nationwide tour, stars Michael Richard, Michael Britton, Tibisiso Khadebe, Louise St. Clair, Becky Nkadi, Ronwin van Khan and Paul Slab. If side-splitting laughter is your bag, book now. Special rates are available for block bookings and charities. Book at CompuTicket or call the Playhouse box office on 031-369-9596. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Wickedly Odds, the Night Garden, is a sensational dining and innovative entertainment experience, perfect for year-end corporate functions. And it's going to be held at the Durban Botanic Gardens over the festive season. Here to tell us more about it is Emma Lockhart, who's the project event manager at Experience This Event. Hello, Emma. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Can't wait to hear about how you're going to do this. The night garden. Isn't yes. that odd? It is very odd. <laughs> it's wickedly odd. <laughs> well, explain what's, what's going to happen. Tell us a bit about the experience. Okay. So, wickedly odd is an unusual Christmas dining and entertainment experience set in the Durban Botanic Garden. Um Guests can expect some quirky, delicious, and creative food. And we've got some amazing, active, giant um, puppets that will be waltzing about. We have a giant vulture and a flamingo. And we have floating canapes in the 1920s sunken garden. And 
there'll be amazing entertainment with bars and dancers and piano players beneath a banyan tree. And it's just a great evening for corporates to spend their Christmas party um, at the end of the year all together. I'm worried about the, the, the flora and fauna at the gardens. You know, I'm worried about yes. the trees and, and, and the, the, I suppose, their birds and those kinds of things. What's going to happen to them? Who, who makes okay. sure? Well, we've, we've got, um, we do have security on site, but um, we will have everything lit up beautifully. So, and people will mainly stay on the paths. Um, so people won't be marshing through um, gardens as such. We've set things beneath trees and on the grass areas. And, and we will have actors around to keep people out of the bushes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because, you know, yeah. we, we like straying. We like a, a, a bit of adventure, you know, when you're in yeah. a space, especially at night. Some people may just be inspired to take a walk uh, on a different path. So you hmm. you would have people that guide them. or, or yeah, so or we do have actors um, to guide people around and kind of keep them contained to a point, but also giving them the freedom of experiencing the garden at night. Mm. So what sort of food are we talking about? Um, we've got lovely canapes that will be served mm-hmm. in the 1920s sunken garden. Ooh. And, yeah, we're trying to keep the menu quite quirky. All our serving dishes aren't the stock standard white platters. You'll, be, um, you'll get your food served in glass domes with dry ice that smokes out of it. Um, mm. And it's just quite creative and different, and, but also delicious at the same time. And is it, can it be attended by families as well? I know you're talking about corporates, but uh, could a, a group of a, a large family, for instance, just uh, also bring their children and everybody in the family to enjoy? Um, unfortunately not, because we are, we do have bars set up, so it is eight ah. and over. Mm. And we do have, so we have corporate nights, and then we do have nights open to the public. So it's not, um, not open to the public, and, and um, but just no underage guests can come. Okay, and how long does mm. it run for? So we have it from the 20th of November to the 5th of December, and it's, that's Tuesday through to Saturdays. From six in the evening to about midnight. And uh, are we are we uh, are we booking uh, for for what for for the twentieth until the fifth? But do you book for the evening? And does, is is it restricted to a, a number of people, or are tables kind of tables of ten? Or what what's yeah, the so we packages? Have, um, mainly tables of ten. But if there are just a few of you, you're welcome to book through CompuTicket. And you just need to know that you will be seated with other people at a table of 10. So it'll be a bit more festive. So we don't have tables of twos or four. Our minimum is 10. But you can book for two people and just be at a communal table. And what, what's the dress code for this? Um, we have themed it as dress elegantly with sensible shoes <laughs> or wickedly odd. So it's up to the guests to... Come very smart and elegant garden party like, or you can come a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's wickedly odd. Sounds very interesting. I think so, and I think <laughs> it'll be fun to see how people do interpret the theme. Yeah. So, who do they contact, Emma, for 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 um, the event? So, for uh, group bookings, they can contact Rene. It's R E N E at experiencethis.co.za. 
Otherwise, you can get tickets on CompuTicket and details, further details there. Experience this. Have you done something very similar before, or is this the first for Durban? No, this is the first time for Wickedly Odd. Um, and, yeah, so we, it's our first year. We're all quite excited and um, hope to do it again next year. And there are no sleepovers, right? Pardon? There are no sleepovers. There may be. We just only find them the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you, because you must you must make sure that everyone has gone home uh, and, and, and driven safely. Are you connected to yes. a, a transportation uh, or buses of that yes. kind? You know, so to we take connected it. to Uber, so mm-hmm. and they'll be there to assist with transport for the guests each night. How much is how much does this all of this cost? So it's six ninety five per person. Six. Six ninety five. Uh huh. Per person, mm-hmm. which includes champagne on arrival and then a five-course meal and all your entertainment throughout the evening. Sounds decent. Which is on excess that's, entertainment. That sounds, <laughs> it sounds very decent, I think, uh, for, for what you're getting. And it sounds yes. like a wonderful There's experience. lots of excitement going on in the garden. And the reason I asked you if you've done anything else before, other events, not necessarily wickedly odd, um, yes. that we may refer to. I, I just want to know how far your experience um, goes. We've never done any other public events. Mm-hmm. Um, my business partner, Brad Porter, and I um, have a, well, the experience this is the corporate company. And so in the past, we've done lots of team builds and gala dinners and cocktail parties and the likes, but we've never done anything on this scale um, and for the public. It's always been for a corporate company. Do you know if people are in Durban, and I can imagine that other companies may may think, oh, great idea, we'll leave Johannesburg or we'll leave Cape Town and go and have our Christmas party in Durban. And yes. one of the things that everyone talks about when they're in Durban and food is concerned is a curry. Would, would you be <laughs> serving curries at all? No. No. We, no. we have tried to stay clear of the stock standard type of meal from Durban. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to yeah bring something a bit more thrilling to the dinner table. Oh, okay. So no curries mm-hmm. to be expected. No curries. Do you think we're going to be putting people off by not serving curries? No, not really. Um, it, it's just my deciding to go or not to go. And if there's no curry, I'm not yes. coming. <laughs> <laughs> or you can send them in your dietary requirements. That's no, I can do. I can do. Quirky way. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some <laughs> something else that's even nicer to eat in in in, in at the gardens. But thank yes. you so much for joining us, and all the best. Good luck. I hope to hear all about it. Is there is there a website? I know you said Rene, Rene, R E N E at experiences.co.za. Otherwise, CompuTicket. And and at the moment, we're working on our website, but um, quite a lot of the detail is on our Facebook page, which is Wickedly Odd. Okay, so Wickedly yeah. Odd on Facebook, Rene at experiences.co.za, and. Uh, yeah, Bob's your uncle and you go to CompuTicket. Thank you so much, awesome. Emma. Thank you so much. You take okay. care and good luck with all of it. Yes, thank you. Keep well. Take care. Yeah. Bye. It's all happening at the Durban Botanic Gardens. I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I think, you know, it would be nice to leave your usual Christmas party, company Christmas party, and go to a different city, fly there, make a whole song and dance about it. Fly there and, and go and enjoy this in a beautiful evening. 
um, it, it just really makes all the difference and get to know each other under the stars with your staff or as a team. It's a great team experience and team building experience, I would think. So do call Rini at, uh, or Rini, or write to them, Rini at experiencethis.co.za. And uh, we've been speaking with Emma Lockhart. You'll find them on Facebook as well as Wickedly Odd. Well, it's Friday, and I'm happy to be playing some music. I found something that I hadn't listened to for such a long time, and uh, it's, it's, it's just celebrating music of Quincy Jones, and this one is by John Legend. Very familiar song. for schools, better jobs for my mom and dad. I hope tomorrow brings a brighter future for our people.
Legend tomorrow song composed. It's out of the Quincy Jones kind of compositions. So boss on Nostra. If I find time, hopefully I can play you another very beautiful hit. But it is now time for our children's program. Appropriately, it's shop shop. <laughs> 